Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. How do we live and grow as Christians in the midst of this very secular world? How do I do this when I'm living in a world that doesn't support our Christian values, doesn't support our Christian beliefs? And what if I want to grow spiritually? I want to grow in prayer. How do I do that in the midst of this world? If I just want to raise my kids well, I want to live marriage well. How do I do that? I want to live dating relationships well and friendship well. How do I do this in the midst of a secular world? Well, sometimes, have you ever noticed, sometimes Christians can go in extremes on this. Have you heard some Christians say things like, oh, the world is bad, the world is evil, we got to run away from this world. And then there's other Christians that would say, oh, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, as long as I go to church on Sunday and I believe and I say my prayers and I don't get into serious sin, I can enjoy the pleasures and the comforts and the entertainments of this world. It's not going to have an effect on me if I make a little extra money. It's not gonna. That's not gonna hurt me. Or if I watch that show or listen to this music, I mean, yeah. What's what's the big deal? It's not gonna hurt me. I can enjoy the pleasures and comforts and entertainments of this world. I can bring them in as, as long as I still remain a believer. Yeah, that's not gonna affect me. Then other Christians would say, you might want to be careful how much you take in. Because when you start taking in even the good things of this world, it can weigh you down. You can get too attached and it could distract you. And you might not be able to grow to the next level that God is calling you to. And then other Christians will say, oh, don't worry about this. My goodness, the world is good. God so loved the world, the Bible tells us. He created the world. He said it is good. In fact, we as Christians were called to go out and engage the world and transform it and use the methods and uh, approaches of this world to evangelize the world. Yeah, let's use technology and the internet and YouTube and movies and all this. This is what's good, what it takes to, to be a Christian in this modern age. These are, these are hard questions. How do I live as a Christian in the world, but not live of this world? How do I navigate living a Christian life in the midst of a secular world? How do I strike the right balance? That's what we're going to talk about in today's episode as we draw on the insights of a great saint. Well, he's not quite a saint yet. He's soon to be a canonized saint. His name is Blessed John Henry Newman, soon to be canonized, and he's given a lot of thought to this topic of how do Christians live in this world but not be of this world. And it's going to be so helpful for us. I'm going to give you some great principles from Newman here to help you be the Christian I know you want to be, living in this world, but not taking too much of it into your heart, into your home, into your soul. But before we get into Newman here, I I need your help. Uh, I've been mentioning about how we're going to have some enhancements coming up in the podcast in just a few weeks, actually, and I really want your feedback. And so please go to edwardsree.com slash podcast, and you can complete a short survey there that'll give me your thoughts on what you like about the podcast, uh, what topics you'd like to hear from in the future, other ideas on how we could take the podcast to the next level. And I want to thank the many people who've completed the survey. If you haven't had a chance to do that, please do it right now. I'd appreciate 
appreciate it. If you're by a computer, you can pause the podcast right now and go to edwardsree.com slash podcast. And it'll just be a few minutes, a short survey there. And it'll, it'll really help me as we're building out the next level of all things Catholic in this podcast. And if you complete the survey, a couple benefits to you, you might win a free book because there's three chances to win a free signed book and you'll get to choose from uh, various books of mine for that. And there's also a grand prize of a, a USB drive that has nine of my talks on it. A little USB drive you can take and plug into your car, plug into your computer. Nine of my talks like Into His Likeness, The Realities of Marriage, Who Am I to Judge, Biblical Walk with Mary, and many other of my talks. So nine talks on that. The other thing is, if you complete the survey, the one, the last question is, we'll give you a chance to get show notes for the podcast. So each week moving forward, we're going to start having more extensive show notes, uh, other insights about the podcast you can take away for free, just free resources for you. So you can check that out there. Again, edwardsree.com slash podcast. If you haven't had a chance to do it, please give me your feedback. And that's just my name, edwardsree, S-R-I, edwardsree.com slash podcast. Thanks for your help on that. But now let's turn back to Newman and this topic of living in this world without taking in too much of its influences. So one of the things Newman does, and he does this so well, is he, he he's going to really analyze the, the way the Bible describes the world. And he's, he's, he notices that there's a tension that sometimes the Bible describes the world as very good and very positive, and other times the the world is described as the world that hates Jesus and hates Christians and what Jesus teaches, and and, and so he notices there's these two senses of this world, and I want to walk you through uh, the the difference, especially this first one uh, today, because in this podcast, you know, I I, I always want to I want to give you some meat to chew on. I don't want to just be entertaining and conversational and inspiring. Man, I hope I hope. I guess I hope I'd inspire, and I hope the beauties of the teachings of Scripture and the saints and the Catholic faith is inspiring and encouraging to you. But I always want to feed your mind. I want to give you some meat to chew on that you can apply to your daily life. And there's some great gems here from Newman. So let, let's talk about this. You know, one way you see the expression, the, the world used in Scripture is simply describing the human family, how God made the human family. He made us to be dependent on each other. He made us as relational beings, and he made us to converse with each other, to trade with each other, help each other, educate each other, govern each other, entertain each other, live in community together. And it's, this is where we find our fulfillment is in human friendship, live together in community, ultimately in friendship with God. And, and so it's this is the way God made us. And so that's why when God created the world on the seventh day after creating Adam and Eve, the, the beginning of that, that human family, the, the first human community, Adam and Eve, he said, it is very good. This is the world that Jesus came to die for. John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave his only beloved son to die for it. Uh, St. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 19, that God is reconciling the world in Jesus Christ. Now think about that. Yes, the world has fallen, has some problems, it needs reconciliation, but the world isn't evil in itself. That's not Paul's perspective in 2 Corinthians 5.19 here. He points out, no, it's not evil to the court. God wants to fix it. God wants to restore it. He wants to reconcile it. He's not rejecting it. So sometimes when you read in the Bible about the world being good, the world being healed, the world being restored, think of it as the human family, the way God made us as relational beings dependent on each other. But here's a beautiful insight from Newman. Newman says that even this level of the world 
he says, is dangerous for Christians. <laughs> now, some of you are wondering, like I was probably when I first came across this, like, and what, what do you mean, Newman? I mean, how could the world be problematic for a Christian? God made us this way it, it, for human community and uh, to, to work together, to trade together, to educate each other, to, 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 to work in this world together. How, how could this be bad in, in, for a Christian? Well, why do we have to be cautious with this? God made the world. He loves it. He died for us. Why is this sense of the world potentially dangerous for a Christian? It's not because the world itself is bad, at least the sense of the world is, but it's because we're fallen. We're weak. The, the things of this world, the praises of this world, the wealth of this world, the enjoyments of this world are not bad in themselves, but because we have original sin, because we're fallen, because we have all these weaknesses because of original sin, we don't approach these good things the best way. You see, our mind doesn't always see what's, what's, what's true. Our mind, our intellect is clouded because of original sin. And even when I do see what's true, I, I don't always choose it because my will is weak. My will is weak. It's not, it, it doesn't always choose what is good. And then I've got all these emotions and passions that are all over the place, leading me in all these different directions. So even though the world itself, this sense of the world, the human relationships that God created us for, are not bad in and of themselves, they're likely to attract us, to seduce us, to distract us from what's most important. You see... What pursuit of honor and wealth and power and success, all these things, you know, aren't bad. The world's innocent pleasures and noble pursuits are not sinful in themselves, Newman says. They are a certain good, but they're not good for us fallen human beings if we're not careful. If we're not careful, they can become something dangerous for our souls. They're likely to seduce us, he says. Now, I want to break this down. I want to make this really you know, practical so you can understand it and and think about your own experience, you know, think about, you know, in, in our, our younger years, young adults that are listening here, college students, young adults, how much time we could spend thinking about, oh, you know, that, that certain dating relationship we hope was going to work out. And we'll spend a lot of time thinking about this certain guy, this certain gal and hoping, you know, is he going to ask me out or uh, should I ask her out? You know, what, what should happen? We spend so much time on this and wondering if it's going to work out. And there's nothing wrong, nothing wrong thinking about these things, but sometimes they can engross us so much. I'm not thinking about my roommate. I'm not thinking about my parents. I'm not thinking about my job. I'm not spending as much time in prayer. When I am praying, all I'm doing is praying about this other person I'm so infatuated with, you know, so I can get distracted. It's, it's not bad to be thinking about a dating relationship, but it becomes bad for me as a fallen person if I'm not careful when it starts just to completely take over. I become so engrossed in it. I get distracted from really trying to just grow in holiness, grow in virtue, and trust that well, God will bring the right dating relationship around when when it's going to happen, you know, or, or think about, do you ever do this? Like you think about your finances too much. There's some of us that might be too worried or anxious about having financial security. Do I have enough money for this? And I got to save up more and I got to get more money. And I, I, I could be worried about that. Not that I want to be, you know, just selfish and rich and worldly in that way, but it's more, I, I, I just find myself a little more consumed thinking about my, my finances or I think about problems at work. Do you ever do that? You can just think about so, all these problems at work, this boss or this situation with some of our coworkers or how we're going to get this, this, this project through. And you think, you think about all the projects at work and deadlines and you got to get this out and, and, and you can be so consumed thinking about this or how much you think about like you're, you ever buy a car 
You know, sometimes there's some people I know who can just go buy a car, and there's other temperaments. I got to go do my research, and I got to go find the right car, and how much money do I have, and you know, how we got to pay for it. Or I remember when Beth and I bought our first home. Oh my goodness, how how much time that took! The process of looking for the right house, and the weight of this big financial decision, and how we're gonna pay for it, and and then just just all the paperwork we had to sign, the amount of my life I spent signing page after page. You know, these are things that that could just take us away. We can get you know so engrossed in them. They're not bad in themselves. You know, it, it's good to think carefully about who might I want to date or who I want to marry. It's good to really think about your fi- be good stewards of your finances and think about how to give your best in the workplace and navigate situations in the office. It, it's good to do these things, but sometimes they can just take over, and because we're fallen. They'll distract us from what's most important in life. Now, I, I want to give a challenge out there to all of us here. How much time do we spend on screens? Let's just think about that for a moment. How much time do we spend on screens? How much time do I spend, say, on social media? And, and I'm looking at other people's posts. I'm just looking what other people are doing. How much time do I spend thinking about my post? And what I want to put out there, and and did I get the right filter, and did I tell the story the right way? If I use, did I use the right word? And I, and and I know that there are, are many young people that will spend a lot of time thinking about that. Do they give the same amount of time and attention to their prayer life? Do they give the same amount of care and attention to thinking about? what their child needs. My child needs my attention right now. It needs me to mold them and shape them into the child of God. And yet I'm, I'm just worried about, did, did, did I post the right picture? Did I tag the right people? And I'm monitoring how many likes and little hearts I'm getting. I, I, where, where, again, is it, is it wrong to post something on social media? No. Is, is it wrong to think about like, which picture should I use this one or this one? No, not at all. But because we're fallen, we, we just give so much of our time and attention to these things. Uh, how much time do I spend like just watching, you know, like one show after another, uh, uh, a certain series I, I love to watch, and I can't wait to find out what's going to happen next. And again, nothing wrong with these things, but I can become so engrossed by them. Am I thinking about how do I make my marriage better? Uh, how, uh, what is What does my spouse need from me? Or am I thinking about, what, what sin does God want me to really be working on right now? Do I give that same kind of enthusiastic attention to, to growing in virtue in my life and, and rooting out certain weaknesses and, and, and uh, what is God calling me to next, right? You know, so again, nothing wrong watching that show, nothing wrong thinking about your, your social media posts, nothing wrong thinking about your finances and your, your project at work. There's nothing wrong with these things in and of themselves, The problem is that when we're not careful because we're fallen, we give ourselves to these things. And and Newman explains why. Why is this a problem? Does this world, this system of human relationships God made us for, he made us to be these social creatures living together in community. He made us to to pursue good projects together. He made us to pursue wealth together. He made us to to do all these wonderful things together in a human community. But why are we fallen? And and, and because we're fallen, why is it that we, we, we tend to get so distracted by them? It's because we don't see with the eyes of angels, what really matters most in life. We don't see the spiritual realm. We notice right away, wow, 
I got a lot of likes on social media. I noticed that right away. If my boss walks into my office and says, you get a promotion today. I noticed that. It's tangible. I got a new title. I've got more money in my bank because I just got a raise. I noticed that. But when I walk into the chapel and I'm there for 15, 20 minutes and I'm restless, I'm falling asleep, I don't feel like I'm getting that much out of it. I, I don't see the spiritual benefit. I don't, I don't, I just don't, because the spiritual realm is not tangible. You cannot see it. You cannot hear it. You cannot touch it. But the things of the world, you can. You notice when people recognize you, people in the office say, oh, great job. Or your friends say, oh, what a, you're so good at this. Or people come into your home. Oh, what a lovely home. Or, or you're so good at that. Like when, when people praise you and you're recognized for certain things and you receive certain honors of this world, that's tangible. But when you strive to live a humble life, you strive to be quiet and let others people, other people get noticed. You strive to not talk all the time and draw attention to yourself. You strive to, to honor and praise others and, and not focus on yourself. Like when you live humility, you don't get a lot of applause for that. You don't, you don't get a lot of recognition for that. People don't go to your social media page and say, oh, wow, this person hasn't posted in one month. Wow, they're detached from social media. They're living humility. Let's give them a lot of applause for that. You don't get that in this world, right? <laughs> you know, so when you live humility, you don't, you don't notice that. But the angels could be rejoicing at your growth in living a more humble life. You see, the things of this world we see when we get praise, when we get honor, when we get a trophy, when we get success, when our friends like us, when we get a pay raise, we notice those things. We don't always notice the small little steps forward we're making in virtue and we're making in our prayer life and we're making in forming our children and we're making in strengthening our marriages. We don't notice that. We don't see it concretely. That's why Newman is so helpful here to remind us, let's always look at our life with the eyes of faith. We have to constantly remember what really matters most. Does the right filter on this photo that I'm posting on Instagram matter more than looking my child in the eye and praying with them and thinking about what do they need from me right now? Do I give the same care and attention to the things of this world that I do for my marriage, for my kids, for my friendships, and most of all, for my prayer life, my growth in character and virtue? Let's let Newman be our guide. Let's not be conformed to this world Let's be transformed by the renewal of our mind. Let's remember the world in and of itself is good. The world in the sense of the human family. But because we're fallen, we just want to be careful how much we take in from the world. And in our secular world, from the media, from social media, from Netflix, from the the all, all the self-help books that are out there, career-making moves and what's happening in the workplace, all those things, they're not bad to think about. We just have to be very cautious if we want to be true disciples living in this world. Now, what we've looked at here, my friends, is just one element of Newman's great insights in his homily. Uh, he's great, he, he gave a great sermon. You can go look it up online. It's called The World Our Enemy. And I just shared with you just one angle, the one sense of the world, the world that's good, but we're fallen, so we got to be careful. There's a whole other sense of the world. This is the world that 
is, is, is guided by the enemy, guided by the devil. This is the world that, where Jesus says, the world hates me, he says, and the world will hate you, my disciples, because you follow me. So this isn't just like the neutral world. <laughs> this is the world that's actually out to get us uh, and, and, and hates us and hates what we stand for, hates what the church teaches and, and wants to destroy us. Now, that's a whole separate topic, and that, that'll be a whole separate podcast down the road. I think we have enough to chew on for today. As we examine our own consciences, how much of the good stuff of this world do we take in that distracts us and takes up too much of our time and our attention that we should be giving more to God and to what really matters most? So one more time here, if you haven't had a chance, please go to my website to complete the survey. I'd love your feedback uh, uh, on Edward uh, on the podcast here. You can go to edwardsuite.com slash podcast to complete the survey. There are chances to win free books, free talks of mine, uh, also to get free show notes of mine on there. So just a few minutes of your time to complete the survey as we ramp up these new enhancements that are coming out in a few weeks. I really would love your insights on how to take this podcast to the next level. So go to edwardsree.com slash podcast. Again, that's just my name, edwardsree.com slash podcast. And I appreciate your feedback. Thanks so much for listening, my friends, and God bless.